Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of Chronicles of a Schizophrenic. I am your host, Jasper Bixby. Thank you for joining me once again. For today's topic, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about um, just my personal story about my diagnosis of schizophrenia. I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, probably more than once, that I was diagnosed at a very young age. Somewhere between four and six, somewhere in there. And uh, I've already talked about how that's rather unusual, that schizophrenia usually shows up sometime in the teens or early 20s. But in my case, it happened when I was very young. Most likely, the most likely case scenario is that I was actually born with it, and it just wasn't noticed until I was four, five, or six. That's even rarer, but it does happen, and it happened to me. (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) Actually, I am lucky, and I've talked about that before, too. I'm, I'm lucky in that this is all I've ever known, so I can't really... I can't really compare it to anything. So... How it all came about was, um, I used to spend summers as a kid with my grandparents. They had a ranch, and I always looked forward to those times. I was really close with my grandparents, but also it was, um, I, I mentioned before that I also came from a very abusive household. So these, uh, weeks that, during the summer that I would spend with my grandparents was a reprieve from that. It was a vacation from all of the stress and everything that was happening at home. And my grandparents were uh, wonderful people and very caring and very uh, supportive. And it was actually them who noticed that there was something different about me. But but only out of concern. I, I don't want to paint that they were interfering or anything like that. It it wasn't like that. They were genuinely concerned for me, and rightly so. Uh, I mean, the things that were going on at home were not a secret, but uh, I don't think even my grandparents knew exactly how bad it was. I may talk about that sometime in the future, but not for this episode. Um... But anyway, it, it was uh, my grandparents that noticed certain things about my behavior that just didn't seem typical of a child my age. Almost everybody talks to themselves to a certain degree, and, and that's normal. Especially kids, it's not unusual for a kid to have an imaginary friend or to play pretend where they talk to people who aren't really there. I mean, it's all part of building your imagination. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water because my throat is very dry. Hang on. Okay, sorry about that. Um, So that's normal for kids to behave that way, but my grandparents noticed that there was something different about the way I talked to myself. That it wasn't... It didn't follow the pattern of just simply playing a game or playing pretend or having an imaginary friend that often I uh, the way I spoke to this non-existent other in the room was often very negative very angry they would uh, catch me screaming at 
someone or something to go away or to leave me alone. And that's not typically what a kid would say if they were just playing a game or or, or something like that. Sorry, this is a, <laughs> a little strange for me to talk about. I've never actually talked about this at length. Um, I have been in therapy before where I've had to talk about past experiences and things like that, but um, most of the time when I go into a new therapist, they uh, they already pretty much know my history. I don't need to talk about it that much. So this is uh, this is new for me. I've never actually voiced all of this stuff before so so uh i apologize that this is very awkward almost every episode i've done so far has been incredibly awkward but this one will probably be more so and for that i apologize but uh just just bear with me while i work through all of this uh the swamp that is my brain but um anyway uh they noticed things that just weren't typical of a usual kid. And uh, I used to suffer terrible night terrors. I would wake up in the middle of the night just screaming. And and again, that's pretty much normal. A lot of kids have night terrors, but there was something about mine that were just incredibly severe. And I, uh, things would happen, and I wouldn't understand what was going on or... I, it's, it's difficult to describe. I would answer questions that no one asked, or I would, um, respond to someone thinking they're talking to me when no one was. Just little things like that, um that led my grandparents to convince my parents that perhaps I needed to see a child psychologist. That in itself was problematic because my mother was very open to listening to what my grandparents had to say. My father, it was a completely different story. Even after I was diagnosed, he still felt a lot of the time that I was doing this for attention that I was behaving the way that I was just to get under people's skin, which is typically not my nature at all. I, uh, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a pot stirrer. I am not confrontational in, in general. There are times I can be when the situation calls for it. But just in my everyday life, no, I I go out of my way to avoid confrontation. I uh, I'm always trying to make other people happy. <laughs> so the very last thing I would want to do is do something that would purposely. Sorry, there is a motorcycle or something going by. I don't know if that's picking up on the mic, but uh, hopefully not. I would never do anything to intentionally aggravate someone. At least not to that extent, not to that degree. I, um... So, convincing my father that there was actually something... That I actually had a condition and it wasn't just a behavioral problem was problematic. And that was a process. Um, I don't think he ever really came to terms with that. Um... 
and that that was difficult. Uh, on top of everything else, things were already stressful in our household, and then comes along this uh, bomb, this diagnosis of schizophrenia, and that put a uh, a financial strain on the household because you know I. I would have to see doctors on a regular basis. There were medications. There was talk of sending me to a special school. Uh, they ended up not doing that, but the, it was recommended there for a while. And there would be hospitalizations that would happen later. And uh, treating a child with schizophrenia is a lot different than treating an adult. Not a lot is known about childhood schizophrenia. Well, there's not a lot known about schizophrenia, period. But especially in children, children can't take the same kind of medications that an adult would take. So sometimes what what they're given is not as effective. Um, so treatment is pretty heavy in the um, in the therapy sector. <laughs> the the fer- the therapy side not so much on the medication side but you anyone with schizophrenia can tell you that medication is absolutely necessary but in kids it can be tricky and it was with me um they i think they put me on ritalin which is normally used for ADHD which i wasn't actually ADHD but it was something that did kind of help level me out a little and so that was basically how it came about uh, and I, I thank my grandparents for their foresight uh, if they hadn't stepped in I may have who knows how long I would have gone without any kind of treatment or uh, you know I probably would have just gotten worse and worse and worse and who knows where I'd be now uh, I might still I might be institutionalized for all I know but uh, I have been hospitalized for schizophrenia a a couple of times Um, the first time I was about 15 and it happened after an altercation at school Um, and I have mentioned that uh, schizophrenics are not typically violent or anything like that but I did have an incident um, in class where I was being mocked pretty viciously. Uh, I was, I won't say that I was really bullied in school, not as much as you would think, but I, uh, I did attract a lot of negative attention. I was socially awkward. I still am. <laughs> I, um, I did behave strangely from time to time and I had difficulty relating to other people. I often came across as just strange. It, it was, I guess it was that feeling you get when you're with someone and they, you can tell there's just something off about them, but you can't put your finger on it and it's just unsettling. That's kind of how I was as a teenager. That has improved a lot over the years and I think uh, a lot of that has to do with my involvement in acting I uh, I have learned through practice how to be more sociable and how to be 
I guess I'm more aware of how I come across to other people. I still have difficulty, and you can tell, <laughs> listening to these episodes, you can tell I am not 100% um, eloquent when I'm just speaking as myself. Now, if you give me a script, I'm good, I'm golden. But when it's just me talking like I am now, I tend to jump from thought to thought. I get tongue-tied easily. Um, you would never know that I have taken lots and lots of voice classes from listening to this. <laughs> You'd probably think, well, this guy doesn't know how to speak. But uh, it, it's all just because it's coming straight off the top of my head. This has not been practiced or rehearsed in any way. I'm just talking. And uh, I keep saying I'm going to start using an outline for these these episodes so that this doesn't happen as badly. And I'm still planning on doing that. I just um, I didn't put the prep into it this time and I I apologize for that too. I apologize a lot for a lot of things. But uh my uh, social skills have been learned. They are not innate to me. And that that comes from being a performer just for such a for just for so many years. So I uh, have learned a lot about human behavior that way and a lot about people's motivations and personalities and plus uh, having studied psychology in college that helped a lot too. But uh, I have completely lost what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about the incident uh, in high school. Um, I won't go into detail. I, I may later at some point but uh, this thing happened between me and another student and um police were involved and the uh, the teacher that was in the classroom at the time did not know that I was schizophrenic in fact a lot of people at the school i attended didn't know and i'm not really sure why i i think my parents were embarrassed or maybe i was i i don't i don't remember but so she didn't really know how to handle the situation and so the police were involved, and um, I was arrested. And it ended up going to court. And the judge, thankfully, gave me the opportunity. He said that uh, this would completely be wiped from my record if I would be expunged, is what is the legal term, if I agreed to go to inpatient treatment for schizophrenia. Well, well, for mental illness. And um, I took the offer. I did not want a record so young. And even though I was a minor at the time, um, I still I didn't want that. Uh, things were going to be hard enough for me, being uh, schizophrenic and trying to find employment later on in life and, and all of that. I The last thing I needed was a criminal record on top of it. So... I uh, I took the deal, and so they sent me to inpatient treatment. I was there for six months, and I ended up dropping out of high school. I uh, I got my GED later, and I did end up going on to college and earning a bachelor's degree in, in psychology and and in musical theater. <laughs> if you want to see a strange combination there. Uh, <laughs> But college was wonderful for me. Well, most of it, anyway. It, the end of it ended kind of on a tragic note, and that sended, sended, sended is not a word. That sent me 
back to the hospital um, when I was uh, 24 or 25 um, I had just graduated and I was actually engaged and my fiance um, had an accident and she didn't survive it was a car accident and um, that that really um, sent me reeling at that time I stopped taking all of my medication I I disappeared for three days um, none of my friends could find me um, nobody know, knew where I was I I just kind of dropped off the planet and until I uh, I finally messaged one of them through instant messenger which was uh, what we used a lot back then this was back in 2003 or 4 and um uh, Smartphones really, I don't know why I'm, I'm getting into all that. But anyway, Instant Messenger was really what we used to communicate a lot of the time. Um, and so I finally sent a message to one of my friends and told them where I was. And uh, It was actually the green room of the theater we all used to work in at that time. And um, yeah, it took several hours of them talking me down from um, threatening suicide. And it was it was a very very difficult time um, and I actually did uh, make a suicide attempt and that is what sent me back to the hospital the mental hospital I was in a regular hospital for a few days and then uh, I was put on another suicide watch and uh, eventually they just uh, I was I was re-institutionalized for uh, for about a month, I think it was. Maybe, uh, yeah, it, w- it was about a month. So not as long as the first time, but um, that that whole uh, that whole situation kind of left me in a bad place for quite some time. I went through a period of being very depressed and. Um, I only took my medication sporadically and it, it just, it was a bad time, <laughs> uh, uh, to put it in a nutshell. But anyway, I don't know how I got off on all of that tangent. I was talking about my diagnosis, um, but I, I don't know. These are kind of free form. All of this is happening. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> talking about that. Um, has uh, sort of triggered, and I apologize, um, triggered some interference. And if you heard my previous episode, you know what that means. Interference is uh, what I use to describe when the inside of my head gets very noisy. And right now, that's kind of what I'm I'm going through so it's very I'm having a very difficult time focusing Uh, so I don't know if I will actually (laughs) publish this episode I might I did say in the beginning that if I was brave I might show a little bit of what of what it is like when 
I'm having, um, when I, well, not to put it politely, when I'm having an episode, and, and, uh, what I'm feeling right now, um, <clears throat> on a scale of one to ten, that's probably about a two, it's a mild one, but, um, I am having a hard time staying on track with worse than usual. <laughs> I always have a hard time staying on track, but um it's um um I'm sorry, worse worse than usual. Um <laughs> because I if you think about trying to have a uh, private conversation with someone in a crowd or talk on the phone in a crowd or in a noisy place, that's kind of what it feels like to me at this moment. Um, even though I'm just talking into a microphone, I'm not uh, actually talking to another person. It It's very similar. I can't uh, wrap my head around what it is that I'm trying to say. I have completely lost my train of thought. If I had a point or a, a purpose in what I was talking about, it is completely gone now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, as you can see, uh, if this happens around other people, why this would be kind of embarrassing. Um, usually, though, if I am around other people and this happens, I usually I have a few outs that I use. I uh, sometimes, if it's a, a mild episode, say a one, you may not even know I was having one um, unless you know me really well uh, and are familiar with my typical mannerisms and speech patterns. But if it, if it's any higher than that. Um, a lot of times I will just say, I'm sorry, I, I have a headache, and I will excuse myself somewhere, or I'll just say I'm not feeling very well, and apologize, and step out of the room until I, it passes. Um, if it's a, a really, really bad one, um, I'll just leave. I'll find some excuse. Uh... So I'm kind of fighting that fight-or-flight instinct right now. <laughs> um, I feel like this isn't a very good uh, episode. Uh, I don't feel like I've said anything really of substance. Uh, and now it's ending on a very awkward note because of this. Uh, I, I know it's because I started talking about my fiancé and the accident. Uh, that's really what... Uh, what got me started on this. Um, I was fine talking about my parents and the uh, abusive household. Of course, I wasn't going into a whole lot of detail, but uh, I got to that point in the story and things started to go off the rails just a little. Um, so, I, if you're still listening, if you're still with me, well then I thank you. Um, I'm not sure why. <laughs> Maybe it's morbid curiosity. Um, but, you know, all of this is kind of, it's supposed to be in a way, I guess, educational. So, 
if anybody learns anything from this, um, if you see a little bit of what an episode is like, now again, this is not a bad one. Uh, in a really bad one, I'm not even sure I would be able to record. I don't know if I would have the mental capacity to do it. But uh, since this is kind of a, a mild, a mild episode, then uh, sorry, <laughs> this is what happens. Um, this is what I would consider, even though I uh, I'm not talking very fast or very loudly. This is what I would consider a manic episode. It may not seem that way because my, my voice may sound very calm, but that's because of practice and because this is just a mild episode. If um, if it were worse, I would be talking very fast and jumping from thing to thing and getting very excited and very loud. <clears throat> but... Uh, Right now I'm just feeling distracted is the main thing. and It's hard for me to focus on what I'm talking about. Because there's there's so much else going on. So I think I'll probably end it on that note. I am so sorry. This is such a weird, weird um, episode. Uh. Maybe I shouldn't call them episodes. Maybe I should find another name for my uh, podcasts and my videos. But anyway, um, thank you for listening, and I promise the next one will be better. Um, the, the next one, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, maybe a little more about my past, if I can get through it without uh, diving into another episode. But anyway, I will see you all then in the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.